Welcome to the Wimlex Show. This is Alex, and our second guest in the Wimlex Show is uh, Willem Castelo. He's the founder of Fusée Technologies, a truly innovative company. After his studies in uh, physics at Delft University of Technology, he and his fellow student came up with a groundbreaking idea of sustainability. They invented solar windows, smart electricity-producing windows that most probably will be the next generation of standard windows with a few years within a few years because they don't just only produce electricity but collect data in a smart way to make people feel more comfortable when they are in the room. And the questions uh, Willem and I are having for Willem Castello are pretty clear. So how he's going to find new customers, when he will become the next uh, uh, billionaire in uh, real estate development because uh, he's owning all the window innovation. And uh, um, he's a very, very outstanding founder with a superb product. And he's telling us uh, um, how the market for windows is working. Hello, everybody. Welcome to already the second podcast of the Wim Lex Show with Alexander and Willem. And today we have a very special guest, Willem Kestelé, the founder of Fizi. And um, he's selling Power Windows, which is a patented and transparent window that generates electricity. We're really glad that you're here. Um, Thank could you. you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your company and your background? Sure, that's uh, a lot of questions. Let's start with the first one, myself. My name is, as you said, Willem. Uh, I studied in Delft, applied physics. Um, graduated five, four and a half years ago on the fundamental properties of materials you can find in the earth. And from there, I met my um, now co-founder, but back then, study friend, colleague, how you want to call it in your student days. Um, and together we did some very interesting experiments in the lab based upon which we thought, hey, you know what, maybe we can actually take this out of the lab and put it into the real world and see if we can make a positive impact on the energy transition. And from there we actually founded our company, uh, FISI, which also stands for Physics and Seeing, because that's our background. And we think that by... Looking at it from a physics perspective, it shouldn't be that uh, hard of a challenge or problem to solve. Um, and that's how we came up with our electricity generating windows. That's about four years ago. And we were just talking before that as you start your entrepreneurial journey, your product continuously evolves. Uh, and currently it evolves from an electricity generating window to an intelligent communicating window that not only produces electricity but also hugely saves on the energy consumption of the building itself and maybe even equally important highly increases the user experience of the building as you will so that people living there or working there are more happy more productive more comfortable and and it's obviously a great solution um, how did you become so driven about sustainability um, that started actually when i came back from my uh, bachelor thesis. I was doing research in uh, the US, in San Francisco, and there I sort of got the vibe or vibrant entrepreneurial atmosphere. So then when I moved back to Delft to do my master's in physics, I really got excited about entrepreneurship and I really yeah, asked myself what are the topics I'm 
passionate about. And uh, the one thing that came to me first and foremost was energy itself. Because to me, if you look at it from a physics perspective, again, it's simply a, a sort of an energy balance. Yeah, the, the, the earth provides energy and we are consuming energy and it's a matter of balancing the two and we should be completely fine. And then the amount of energy we get from the sun or from other forces is so much more than the amount of energy we consume. So the potential is there to just balance it. It's a matter of doing it. And I think that's where the inspiration or drive came from during my studies. Can you can you can you explain a little bit more on um, the product it itself? So yeah, solar windows. So sounds interesting. I, I I've heard your your story before, but so yeah. people can understand so what the product really is about, what like pricing ranges we are talking. Is it like for, for private households, only for yeah. office buildings? Yeah, so the product itself is, as you said, indeed, it's an, a smart electricity generating window. Um, so let's start with the last part. It's a window. It's fully transparent. It has the same insulation values as any double or triple paint window. So we can offer as the market demands. We can do double paint, triple paint, small, large windows. We don't affect the design or aesthetics or functionality of the window itself. What we do is we add functionalities. So we add integrated solar in the edges and we add smart sensor technology in the edges. So it's hidden from sight. But the result is, is that is a, um, yeah, basically a traditional looking window that positively impacts your energy efficiency and level of comfort. And if you compare it to a standard solar panel, people yeah. can relate to because it's now installed in Germany and all the like new houses, new house roofers. Yeah. Uh, what, what, how, how effective is it if you look at like a 2.2 meter window? So yeah. if you compare like the energy uh, creating level to like a 2.2 meter modern solar panel. Can you yeah. compare it somehow? Yeah, it's very difficult to compare because it's highly dependent on the angle, the position of the window itself. So solar panels are pretty limited in where you can place them. So they have to be under the right angle on the roof. So there's usually mm -hmm. limited space. But if you compare sort of ideal test facilities, yeah. so ideal angle and everything is optimized perfectly, then I would say that currently we are about one twelfth of a solar panel and commercially and in research we're getting close to one fifth and one or one sixth. So that would mean that you would need six windows per solar panel to get to the same electricity production. However, because of the fact that it's a window you can install anywhere and um, we use novel technology that it's not angular dependent so you can install your windows on the east and on the north side of your building and it still produces as much electricity but by incorporating the sensors it does not only produce that amount of electricity but it also saves up to 20% of your energy consumption and that's actually where the huge uh, benefits are made because that goes until the entire energy efficiency of the building. How is that working? What you could do is, what we do at least, is we look at a building as, as if it was a human, and then the facade is the skin, just as your own skin. So it knows when to sweat or it knows when it's cold. And that's also what our windows provide. So they're in contact with the internal and external environment. So it knows temperature, light, air quality, um, 
anything you are interested in knowing as a source of data. And it communicates this either with a local building management system or with our own algorithms. So our windows know exactly how the building is doing from an energy perspective and can preactively steer on that. So for instance, if your window every day at three o'clock when the sun hits the window, it knows that two hours later it's too hot in the room and the AC goes on. And the third time that happens, our windows communicate to the AC like, hey, it will become warm here. Maybe we already want to start cooling a little bit and lower the sun blinds. And this intelligence makes it 20% more energy efficient, the, ah, the okay. energy system itself. Okay. And, and you are producing it in, in, in your own factory or where, where do you produce it? Uh, so we produce it, everything we develop ourselves. That's um, what we like to do. Uh, and then as soon as it works, we patent it. And then all the production takes place at the glass and or window manufacturer itself. So all our components are fully integratable in the existing production lines or supply chains of the glass industry. And that allows us to scale up. So we simply provide our components to the production facility and they subsequently assemble the windows, distribute them to the construction site. They also give the warranty that it will remain there for 20 years, maintaining the appropriate insulation values and production, etc. No, we haven't spoken uh, about numbers or, or traction before. Can you give like a, a slight insight? So what kind of grade of business you've achieved so far? Is it still in an incubation, incubation phase where like two or three people are working on an innovative solution or are you already more like in production kind of scale? Yeah, I think it's sort of startup going scale up phase we're now in. So we are just shy of 30 people. We just closed our first big contracts in both the renovation and construction of commercial and residential real estate. So we're really showing the potential. Uh, we recently, or we this year, closed our uh, funding round for the next two years to really scale up and to internationalize. So I think this is sort of the the time and place we are currently in. Was it was it hard to get funding for such a hardware business as now is everybody investing in like online businesses? Yes, very hard, especially uh, if you're picky, and we are. So we really took six to nine months to fully map what's out there, what type of funding is available, should it be from the industry, should it be from uh, institutional investors with grants and subsidies or... So we really took the time and therefore um, it, it, it yeah, was hard to find the right partners, but in the end we're very happy that we took the time and that we found those. What partners. kind of partners are they? So on the one hand it's a consortium of um, real estate titans, especially Dutch and more and more internationally oriented real estate um, entrepreneurs. Okay. And then Can you, could you yeah, mention yeah, so, their names? Um, so the first investor who joined us was Dinko Valerio, who's uh, an, an entrepreneur himself. Crucel? Yeah, exactly, yeah. founder of Crucel. Uh, and then we have from the construction industry Daan van der Vorm van Vormbouw yeah. en Ontwikkeling, Job Dura from Dura Vermeer, yeah. Koen van Oostrom van OVG Real Estate, now Edge Technologies, and uh, the, fam the family van Vechel, who run... Um, uh, timeless investments, for instance, 
So that's really more a family that has multiple participations in either real estate development or real estate investments. Cool. Wow. Yeah. And, and you said that was the first partner, the consortium of real estate. And, yeah. And are there any other investors? Yeah, the second, well? uh, let's say, investor is the, um, the European um, Innovation Committee. So we got awarded the SME Phase 2 grant which is a grant for European SMEs that are trying to make an impact in, uh, in for instance, energy. But, um, yeah, they are the sort of a matching grant. So they match the amount of the investment of the though, investors. Though I, though I guess this is the case, like, if, like, the, the, the tools um, and the components are providing, like, intelligent information on housing, yeah. uh, um, this is, like, especially a case for... Um, uh, new buildings or buildings under construction. Yeah. Um, but um, is it like a business case? So I, I guess like windows are getting a little bit more expensive than yeah. standard windows. So yeah. you, you must make some money somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but is it, do you do you have like a, a, a prognosis where you say okay after like ten years because you saved so much uh, energy in terms of like your air condition or your yeah. produced energy it's already paid back yeah yeah exactly so what we now promise is that the window itself um, will never be more than twice as expensive as a normal window so then how to pay back for that extra investment in the beginning it was a lot focused on the electricity production and now it's actually the combination of the three so producing electricity saving energy and increasing comfort and especially the, the, the latter two are harder to quantify with numbers. So it's easier with certifications. So you have, for instance, in Europe, the BREEAM or LEED certifications for the energy efficiency of buildings. And for well-being, you have the WELL certificate. And those oh, certificates... Yeah. There's a certificate for well-being? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very... Just some facts. So we are spending 90, so 90% of our time inside buildings. So the way we experience being in buildings is of high importance to a lot of people, especially real estate developers, because it, for them it's a return on their investment. Um, so we offer in both those dimensions uh, sort of a, a level up in such certificates, which directly translates into more value per square meter, uh, bluntly put. Crazy. And... Um Again, to, to nail this question a yeah. little bit, so um, if there's like a new office building and yeah. the office building decides, okay, let's uh, such an office building we're in, for example. Yeah. And if it yeah. decides, okay, instead of investing 100K for the windows, for all the it's window. a little bit more expensive here, but I think it's 100K. Yeah. You say, okay, it's 200K. So yeah. how long does it take um, to, to, to earn the money back, so to say? Um, I would say on average between six to eight years. Okay. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah, I think that's even faster than uh, the standard solar panel yes. investment case. That's this usually like 20 years. For 12 to 15 years, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And that's also what we really believe that I think in the future, so with the two-year runway we now have, at the end of the two years, I actually want to be at three years. Oh, yeah? Because then, then is when I believe and it we, will become... We're we seeing the next uh, real estate tycoon here sitting in the Wimlex show. Let's hope so, yeah. because I think... What we offer is really a solution that actually highly impacts the energy efficiency of the built environment. And it's complementary to solar panels. So I'm still a big fan of solar panels on roofs where there's room for solar panels. I'm only advocating that the facades are so far unused to contribute to this energy mix. And why not 
use yeah. it. And there's more and more glass now built into facades. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it, can, can I just, uh, I haven't seen like a picture from, from your windows, but when it's yeah. built into the edge, it's, can I imagine it in a way that uh, it looks like a sonar panel inside uh, yeah. the edge? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So now, I don't know if you know, but if you look at double or triple paint windows, if you look in the glass itself, in the edges, you sort of see an aluminium strip. Yeah. yeah. And that's then a solar strip. strip. So, is there a reason not to go with a solution like yours then in the future? In the future, I hope not. Yeah. I, I think we are, let's say, our ambition is really to become the next standard in Windows. Just that it's now very normal to go from single pane to double pane windows. And in Germany, actually, more and more triple pane windows. And we just want to be the next level of windows, where you say, if you're replacing your windows anyway... Why not make them smart and electricity producing? Yeah, that's a nice vision. Though. Most people compare themselves with like the Uber or Google have the next search engine. Do you have like be the next window standard? That's a, yeah. nice, that's a nice vision. Yeah. And then you said you, you already acquired uh, some residential and commercial real estate clients. Yeah. Why did they choose for the next generation window? I think, honestly, in the beginning, it was opportunistic so we pushed a lot and we went out there a lot and we talked to a lot of people yeah. and i think in the beginning we really sold on the story itself so why not make our windows contribute in this way and i think now for the bigger contracts it's yeah. actually about the payback time so we can really show that it's a proper investment so up until now a window has been a sunk cost when you're developing uh, let's say the 100k you were mentioning, mm. yeah, nobody sees it anywhere except the value of the real estate itself. And let's make it not 100k, but 200k, but over the 20 years, it earns back itself a couple of times, and all yeah. of a sudden your window becomes an investment instead of a cost. And then I'm actually um, currently in the process of, of building a new house. Um, yeah. It's done by a project developer. Now that I know of Fizzy, I would have said to them, Guys, yeah. please give me yeah. an option for the next generation window. Yeah. Is that is that it's your aim as well? Live customer acquisition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, they already placed my windows, and it's a bit too late now. Yeah. But are, yeah, are you aiming for consumers asking their project developers to uh, enforce uh, like a marketing stream, or are you uh, targeting uh, the project developers directly to so, to offer this as an option? Yeah, it's a completely mixed up market so yeah. we really target everybody okay. we target tenants owners architects governments developers investors constructors or contractors i must say uh, because all of them need to want it because it's new in a conservative industry so everybody yeah. needs to be comfortable enough to work with our technology that's okay. why we partner with the manufacturers themselves yeah. so that they give the warranty that the window itself is is good and then if it comes from a trusted glass manufacturer, the contractor is okay to work with it and the facade builder is okay to work with yeah. it. Uh, so we, we we target all these stakeholders. And, um, and where do you find the most receptiveness so far? At the developers, okay. the real estate developers. Yeah, They usually take the risk. For them, it's yeah. really uh, about distinguishing themselves from the other developers. Um, so they have to win the tender. And for them, it's really... Uh, yeah, a distinguishing fact to be able to offer these types of windows to their clients. 
okay. being a government or an owner. Or and and I can imagine that that in B two B companies yeah. are being uh, more careful about the choices they make. Yeah. Um, do you see momentum there as well? Yeah, it's uh, getting there. It's like you said, they're a bit more cautious, so they look at. Uh, best practices or, yeah. or, or track record. And as we are now building track record, it becomes more and more uh, easier to also convince the B2B or the commercial yeah. industries. Yeah. And, and do you see prime examples here in the Netherlands? Like I, I've been in the edge a couple yeah, of times. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is, is, would that be an example of like a sustainable office? Or yeah. do you see others, other Absolutely. examples here in Holland as well? No, that was actually our very first pitch four years ago when the edge was developed by Koen van Oostrom. Yeah. Uh, so we reached out to him saying, Koen, amazing what you did. It's the most sustainable office building in the world. Congrats, but it's kind of cheating. <laughs> and then uh, because what he did, very cleverly, he installed plenty of solar panels on surrounding facilities, contributing to the energy label of that office. Oh. And then we said, yeah, that's not really scalable if you want to make every building an edge building. And then we said, but we have the solution for you. If you simply use our windows instead of the normal windows you now used, you could have achieved the same energy level. And that sort of cool. got that relationship going. And that's nice. why he took up the first pilot with us at the Rabobank in Eindhoven. And now he developed his second edge building uh, here in uh, Amsterdam, uh, close to the Stadionplein, where now our windows also installed generating all the data and sort of proving the value we want to deliver to the clients. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so Edge is a really promising example of looking at buildings from a more technologically or technology-driven perspective because there's a lot of knowledge out there, but it's only for one project. So every project is developed as a new business, whereas there's no or almost no lessons learned throughout Around the industry, or, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I have a question, um, and, and usually all guests are getting this, uh, this questions uh, regarding the business model. Yeah. Today, from like an online perspective, you're in the boring business of producing stuff. Yeah. Uh, very hard to scale. Yeah. Also, you've explained that you can scale through the uh, uh, factories of the glass industry. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, if I was an investor in FCC, I, I, yeah. I would like to hear so how, what kind of non-product related business like yeah. kind of data revenue stream or something could be there in the future could you like gather information from the households and yeah. selling them something which is more like google nest because yeah. uh, what you're actually implementing in the houses is like that's kind of a digital device so yeah. you're you're getting like uh, um, uh, exclusive information um, on Housing health, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I would yeah, say, and yeah, there's like it smells like a data platform yeah, <laughs> here yeah, yeah, from yeah. investment perspective. Yeah, so, uh, could you go yeah. a little deeper in there? Absolutely, and I think um, that's also what triggered me to join today. Is as I am completely uneducated on the topic, we as a company completely see that it's that's going to be our main driver for future future growth. Mm-hmm. So we provide solar to produce electricity, but the whole value proposition is now built around the integration of solar into sensors. Mm-hmm. So basically every building gets its own sensory network that has super relevant data, as you said, coming from the inside, yeah. so the household itself, but also coming from the outside. So as long as more and more buildings are equipped with our network, more and more correlations can be drawn 
with regards to air pollution or temperature developments over time or heating and cooling devices or there could be a sort of meta level of data that can become very valuable for governments, for larger real estate portfolio owners. Mm -hmm. It can be used in predictive maintenance of large real estate portfolios that are sort of renovating their buildings. Mm -hmm. We can really provide them with relevant information to those challenges they face in the future of making all these buildings fit for the future. And do you already gather that data in, yeah. a, in a central way? Yeah. yeah, yeah. so all our windows are communicating with our own servers, yeah. our servers, and there we also interpret the data and we put on our own weather models and algorithms for the windows to become as effective as possible for our clients. And on the other hand, for us, it's also a way how we develop our products so we can really test and see how our products are doing and thereby know how to improve and how to keep on continuously um, work towards this new generation of windows. And do you already have some examples of, of things that you've discovered analyzing uh, the data? Um, I think people don't open their windows enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's sort of a catch-22. I think the more data you have, the more information you can provide. So I think actually that's how we came to including sensors. When our first power windows were installed, they were basically only producing electricity. But then the interaction with the client was like, oh, this is so interesting, but how much electricity is producing? How warm do they become? And oh, does it... Do they produce more when it's cloudy or when it was raining yesterday? What did they? And then we said, oh, you know what? Yeah, we can just add sensors and we can tell you tomorrow. And it, that's how it got rolling. So for now, it's really giving and providing these insights on which the end user can have their buildings perform better. Uh, and this next level of data analytics and services we aim to provide, that's something we have to grow towards and we have to also hear back from the industry what they want to know. Do they want to know air quality or motion sensors of how many people are using which rooms, when and why, and have the windows or the rooms communicate with each other, like, hey, the air quality is better here, you can sit here, or open up ventilation shafts amongst each other so that the air flows naturally through the building. And I have a question, uh, um, and we need to go back a little bit, little bit here on, on yeah. customer acquisition. So, um, uh, very recently, like one hour ago, we had a guest here yeah. <laughs> who, to, who told us uh, that um, he get his uh, first thousands of customers uh, by some good PR. Yeah. Um, and, um, and and this seems to be like a case which is very very PR relevant. Not not everybody's building a house uh, yeah. uh, right now. That is yeah. just um. Not, it's not it's not like Ben's case where yeah. everybody's having like is having like an, 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 a mobile phone contract, but yeah. um, this seems to be kind of a no-brainer to me that if it's pushed right in like a PR strategy, that yeah. every every real estate developer or a, a, a private developer would say, okay, that's legit. So money is free in the market so even like the extra price the 100k extra for my house probably will be covered with with a with a riskless uh, um, with a riskless loan by yeah. the bank and then it's going to be paid back itself like in, in eight years so that's th a no-brainer so yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. what what hinders you like from such a strategy or, or gross uh, no, uh, it's why, a, why, why can't you sell like hundreds of thousands of such panels tomorrow yeah that's a, a good question and it's also how we quite recently went into partnership with ING Real Estate Finance. That's 
a bank in the Netherlands, um, and then especially ING Real Estate Finance, they finance their real estate clients. And I'm hoping that they can become the entity you're referring to so that they can pre-finance to their real estate clients when they're renovating their buildings, that they can finance our windows and we can make sure that they get their returns over the 20 years that their windows are there. Yeah, so, so what you're essentially saying is you're lacking some data still because for a bank, that is, if, if you present yeah. me as a bank, banks are like full of money. They don't yeah. know where to invest yeah. money. You know, you're saying me, yeah, you can invest like money in, in windows. Uh, yeah. Right now you can, you can put in now billions of dollars now and uh, it's going to be like even more billions in eight years uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. from exactly. now. Yeah. yeah, so that for us is a matter of scale. We're simply this startup going scale up in Delft as mm. we started this podcast. Yeah. Um, so it's either between now and five, six years that we is hope the, to be uh, delivering our windows globally and that it is indeed the no-brainer you're referring to. Do, are you able to attract enough talent in Delft? I don't know Delft. It, it doesn't sound very big to me. Like, no. like Amsterdam or Rotterdam. Yeah. It has a yeah. very good technical university, yeah. luckily. Yeah, so the, for you... <laughs> that legitimizes place. the fact that we are in Delft. Yep. Uh, in my opinion, it has the best technical university, at least in the Netherlands. Uh, thankfully, a lot of uh, other countries also think so. So there's a lot of international students coming to Delft to pursue their master degree. And from there, that's our recruitment uh, pool. Um, but then again, yeah, we're now moving to our first big office that can hopefully host, let's say, about 50 people. So, yeah, in one or two years' time, we might need to expand to the bigger cities in the Netherlands. But I think actually Delft is big enough to serve the Netherlands. And we're now looking into uh, Germany and the UK first for our internationalization strategy. Uh, and from there, go to the Asia's or the Americas. Um, so I, have a, I have a software-related question. So I'm yeah. a little bit like doubting your strategy because if yeah. it comes to engineers, I, yeah. I believe you. But if you're telling, a, if you're talking about like more like a platform strategy, yeah. it's not about like product engineers in the future. It's like software engineers in the yeah. future. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and, and that are, the main pitch of Spryker is actually because there's so many new interfaces coming into the market yeah. with new like commerce-related processes uh, uh, coming with interfaces. You're such a use case for, yeah. for, for us from our point of view. Your windows are such are only an interface yeah. and are actually an interface where no human interaction is needed anymore. Exactly. Where like windows are able to uh, to uh, to uh, to be connected to like an um, alert system uh, yeah. because they realize that nobody's at home um, yeah. and there's yeah. like yeah. Um, yeah. there's like uh, uh, um, not so nice people coming uh, coming in or. Yeah, they they can realize that um, it's uh, um, um, uh, that there's like a water damage in the house because they can measure measure humidity, humidity yeah. uh, in the air. So that's a so-called IoT yeah. uh, use cases. But if I think about those cases, uh, and we have a couple of clients who are connecting their interfaces to to our platform to yeah. push like commerce uh, operations uh, um, in there. Um, that is kind of that is a software engineer. Driven, yeah. uh, driven business. Do you yeah. have already software engineers in your in your in your company? Uh, two, two. Yeah. So hiring or looking for a third one. So uh, when it comes down to software engineers, is yeah. Delft still a good place to be? Uh, good question. I think in the Netherlands, it's good enough uh, because it's the, it delivers then the whole package from hardware to software. 
Um, but I'm assuming that Amsterdam and Rotterdam has equally good software engineers. Well, the funny thing, TamTam, the founding uh, company of Debt, they uh, started yeah. in Delft as well. Yeah, they've grown to I think about 150 people look, in look Delft. What could to, to so Delft there's space, there's uh, there's actually uh, they they had a good success rate. But yeah, yeah, the yeah. the thing also in the other big cities, as in the whole of the Netherlands, finding developers is extremely hard right now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the the question is uh, whether to move to Amsterdam or Rotterdam would solve this issue. Yeah. Perhaps uh, nearshoring. Uh, or yeah. hiring talent from other markets. And what yeah. we did is we, we brought in uh, people from Portugal to Debt. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, uh, yeah we, we couldn't, well, we still can find talent here, luckily, but also we need to look outside of the country yeah. to find uh, talented yeah. people. I, I, I'm, I'm just uh, raising this issue because um, um, usually my, my, uh, my questionnaire is like, uh, where do you get your customers from? So how yeah. much money make you from customers? How loyal are they in terms when it comes to like, Buying a window, in your case, as private customers, that's something you hopefully only do like every 10 or 20 years or something. So he might yeah. be loyal and love your product, but, but still, it's not a recurring... No, yeah, uh, there's no yeah. cool recurring revenue. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, so there must be like a recurring revenue uh, business model based more on the software side. Yeah. Or is yeah, there more exactly. products, products coming out where maybe your windows are not so solid and then just change like every 10 years? So, But is there like another... No, I think you can add on the window side doors. Yeah, so what we do is we offer multiple solar doors. Solar doors, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but we also offer multiple functionalities we can connect our windows to, but that's usually ventilation, sun blinds, lighting, mm -hmm. those energy related functionalities. Uh, and I'm fully with you that the cooler recurring revenue streams or subscription-based models are all in the software side of our solution. And could then consumers um, get to the data through yeah. the yeah, VC app or can you or can you integrate that with Nest or yeah. with other smart meters as well? Yeah, both. Okay. So we can open up our API and have it uh, ha shake his hands or her hands with any other. Okay. Or we can provide our own. Is that already app. in place? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With which uh, smart Yeah, we're now uh, working closely with NG yeah. and their energy system. Uh, we're going to do, uh, hopefully next year, a test case at the Tropicana. You Blue might City. know as, yes. the, as the swimming pool and is yeah. now Blue City. Yeah. Um, and there nice. we're going to show a lot of windows. how we can work <laughs> together. A lot of windows are very hard to control the climate yeah. internally. Yes. So it's, li it's like a greenhouse. So it's extremely yeah. hot in the summer, extremely cold in the winter. And our windows can balance that peak uh, hugely. And thereby cool. it's also interesting for Engie because then they can provide their energy more as a service. Yeah. I, I was always asking myself, though, is it so hard actually to integrate solar panels into other devices? So you, you mentioned no, like solar yeah. sun blinds. So yeah. sun blinds are going down usually when the sun is too strong, which yeah. is like a perfect use case for solar panels integrated yeah. in yeah. sun. Is it hard to do or is it expensive? Um, the quick answer is it's very hard. Um, but I agree with you. It's, it looks so obvious that it seems simple. Um, but we're now actively engineering our products for four years and it's now getting into a phase where it's certified scalable affordable and it, so that took quite some engineering from a very good starting point like the entire research we put into it beforehand i think it's cumulatively nine to ten years of fundamental physics research what was sort of the the 
the stepping stone to where we are now. So it's, it looks very simple, I fully agree, but to make it work is quite difficult. Thankfully, because then it's uh, <laughs> harder for others to... Uh, no, I, I'm still more inclined in the software ideas. Or yeah. one way. I, I, that's, what, that's what Google and other, other um, companies are buying. They're buying like uh, access providers, like yeah. consumer interfaces. Yeah. Um, and, and here, I, th I think B2B industries like real estate developers are usually not digitized at all. So no. this seems to be sure. a very, very interesting starting point in their in their industries and if you're able to convince like banks like ENG or, or other yeah. banks to improve the use case yeah. uh, that's yeah. really kind of payback uh, plus there probably might be some uh, some uh, federal uh, programs helping like yeah. uh, the, the real estate developers to, to push it it's a, it's a super interesting it's a super interesting uh, um, case from uh, from my point of view, I have another. I have another uh, customer acquisition related uh, uh, question. Yeah. Would it be interesting for you to push your uh, your product um, on like standard marketplaces like an eBay or Amazon or Alibaba to reach end customers uh, li li like him? I think in the future, absolutely. I think for now, the economics work better at large development projects because then the energy efficiency or the energy savings really account for something but as I mentioned that in, in two or three years from now hopefully the payback time drops to two or three years and from that point onwards um, it's definitely also interesting to push it through any other marketplace to consumers or individuals because then it just becomes whenever you're replacing your window I want it replaced with these services attached to it, like you mentioned, either theft-related or water-damage-related, but also energy-efficiency-related, comfort-related, monitoring the air quality of your uh, the children's rooms or your bedroom, mm -hmm. making sure everybody remains healthy yeah. and happy. Yeah. Then, but then looking at, thinking of your, your market growth potential, yeah. you're now focusing on new buildings. Yeah. The biggest market is in existing buildings. Yeah. So people who are doing a refurbishment of their house, renovations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tropicana already has windows. Yeah. Yeah, are, so are you then replacing them? Yeah, yeah. so that's uh, literally a renovation or retrofit okay. project. Yeah. That's up until now, it's about 50-50 renovation okay. or new builds. Okay. Yeah. Usually when you're renovating, the outer shell is the first one to go because that's yeah. usually the worst... Uh, in the worst state. So yes. the, the foundation of a building is, is relatively solid, but then when you're renovating, it's usually because of, because of energy, actually, or because of comfort. And then the outer shell can be 20, 30-year-old single-paint windows that you can hardly open and close anymore. Yeah. And then you want to have these uh, double or triple-paint windows that monitor the climate, etc. So, so you are thinking of a, a marketing strategy towards... Uh, renovation projects. Yeah, yeah. So we always say we have sort of four: we have residential and commercial, and yeah. we have renovation and construction. And okay. Those, any mix between those is possible. And where currently do you see the most momentum? Uh, actually, the renovation of residential. Okay. Oddly enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We maybe expected in the beginning new build commercial, but uh, yeah, we're doing a big project in The Hague, Binkade, which is yeah. the multi-family, multi-tenant uh, renovation. Tropicana is then again commercial. 
but we're also developing a new residential tower in the northern part of Amsterdam, Bolt Tower, so that's a construction. Uh, so it varies. So examples yeah. all, uh, in all four uh, yeah. dimensions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And what are your biggest challenges right now? Um, I think it's always a lack of time, money and people. <laughs> uh, and Money, you, you said you're you have investors. through like the next two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's now and then probably, <laughs> ah, hopefully we grow quicker and we need money it's earlier. It's, it's, it's a fresh impression. So okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So we got uh, the round which is now a high, but then, so now we need to spend the money on the right milestones, yeah. people, traction, and uh, keep on running. Yeah. So as we are hitting like the 40 minute marks, which is always like a signal for us like to uh, to, to, um, uh, to come to an end. So uh, yeah. what is like the, apart from hiring people and rolling out like in the first project, is there, is there something you're really looking forward in 2018, 2019 uh, for, your, for your company? Uh, so aside from people and um, and rolling out, which is exciting enough already. Yeah, but my, yeah. maybe there's uh, yeah, something so, behind that. Yeah, I think we're very excited about those big projects coming up next year. That's really going to be the proof point. That's going to be visible. It's going to be when you're talking about it in Amsterdam, you can actually point across the waters and say, yeah, they're actually right there. Or when you're in The Hague or when you're in Rotterdam, then there's iconic landmarks equipped with our solution that we can refer to. And I think that's that, that's the exciting part for that, for the beginning of next year. That's cool. So imagine there's, there's now thousands of listeners uh, yeah. in the podcast, uh, yeah. and some of them retail real estate uh, developers, some yeah. retail developers, uh, but... Uh, they do have other problems yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and maybe some some people building houses is there something they how you could help them um, today is there like a special uh, Wimlex uh, uh, voucher you want to offer here uh, or should they go just go to the to the VCA website or is there actually a way to interact with you yeah there's absolutely ways to interact and uh, I have to think on the spot about a special Wimlex deal but what we offer our clients is what we call the feasibility check. So written as our company, feasibility check. And what we do is then we, with any plans, so drawings or, or, or anything available about the development or renovation of, of real estate, yeah. we do a full engineering analysis on the impact we can achieve with our product. And I'm more than happy to provide, let's say, the first five or ten actually interested developers, owners, investors, what have you, that are looking to implement solutions like this, to have them come to our office, we show them around, and we can offer them such a feasibility check uh, to see the impact we can realize for them. That sounds like a bright future for Fizi. I hope so. should have had this uh, interview a year ago, so I uh, yeah. could be one of yeah, them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> one yeah, of the yeah. lucky few. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we should have started the podcasting show that the earlier. Has, uh, <laughs> would, have, would, have, yeah. would have known about. Now, yeah. it, it seems to me that if it's working, yeah. as, as, you're, as, as you're promising, it, it's... it's, it's, uh, it's um, and I, I don't know about like the competition landscape here, if there's super, uh, super many companies... Uh, there, but as far yeah. as you're investing enough money in like the central technology and like exactly. the software uh, yeah. part, it's I think it's easy to protect. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. um, in the first real estate developers and banking relation, it's like a momentum question here yeah. in the business model. But it, yeah. it, 
it sounds much more promising than a lots of uh, pure play e-commerce uh, uh, business models. Well, thank uh, you very already. much. Yeah, yeah, time, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, will, you can learn in the podcast that is, uh, this is the new brick and mortar retail. It's like uh, pure cool. e-commerce models. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of tears in the market uh, uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, but but it's, it, 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 it was really cool meeting you here. Uh, uh, Likewise. Again, telling your yeah. business model and uh, customer acquisition strategies uh, uh, in the podcast. Thank and, you. And I wish you the very best. Uh, Thank you very much for having me, uh, Wim Lex. And uh, I'm also very keen to continue the conversation on the software side of things. As your mutual experience with Debt and with Spryker, I think we can learn a lot. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of ideas which, yeah. we, which we probably can discuss in the next podcast. Uh, Perfect. Uh, no, no, Sounds no, like a day. For, for the open audience. Uh, yeah. uh, but for now, uh, 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 thanks a lot. And, uh, Thank you, Alexander. See you next time. Yeah. Thank Perfect. you so much, Wim. Thank you so much, Wim.